Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 28th of July. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in markets, business, and startups as well. I'm Nadine Blaney here with Kyle Rada. Hello. What a day. What a day. Mm. Up by almost a percentage point. Thank you very much. Up by almost a percentage point. And there's so much news going on. It's hard to know where to look, where to start, but... Perhaps you take us off. Well, why don't I just start with some of the big stock moves? So, mm-hmm. um, look, in terms of percentage changes, it's hard to look past the catnip that is the uh, buy now, pay later space. <laughs> Let's be honest. We saw Zip up a further 21% today. Yep. But it wasn't just Zip. It was Sezzle after coming out of that trading halt, still soaring. S- open pay shares surged today. There was a bit of news coming from Open Pay. Look, lay-by was up. Um, Before pay, I haven't checked, but it was out with an update as well. So that is just one of those scratch-your-head, there-you-go kind of moves. But I've got to say, Kogan must Mm -hmm. be one of those as well. The e-commerce, well, former darling, then a fallen angel. Get this, up by 49% today. Absolutely wild. I put the question to Claude Walker at the end of the day too as to what was going on. He gave a decent explanation of it, but he certainly did. Well, I asked him. Was the news justifying well, a fifty percent move? And he said, "No." Yeah, like, hard <laughs> to justify a fifty percent move in yeah. any company. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, some wild moves there today. But we're getting a lot of um, these quarterlies, particularly coming from small caps. I just noticed after the close. For those of you interested in Aussie tech, Dubber came out. Um, we have heard from look a lot of these smaller companies. I did an interview this morning with Big Ting Can CEO. Yes, it was out yesterday, but it's those metrics. It's annual recurring revenue. It's cash. It's ca- operating cash flow. It's uh, it's all of those questions around cash burn and when you're going to hit your targets to hit break even. So uh, some of those questions were answered by Big Tin Can in that interview this morning. Um, But to your point, uh, there was no shortage of news from big companies as well. So Mineral Resources was one of the best performers today. St. Barbara Mines was one of the best reporters. Uh, Gold Road was one of the best performers as well. Um, Elmo Software. I mean, we spoke with a lot of these CEOs. I spoke with them, actually. I spoke with the uh, Elmo Software CFO, gave... um, his view on the company's trajectory now and obviously painted a fairly optimistic picture. So if you're interested in that one, we did uh, get that one straight from the horse's mouth. But um, so, yeah, so tech getting covered, but also Fortescue was out record. Yep. Um, Macquarie as well. They were out yep. some strong markets revenue. And I think the stock was up 3%. So happy days there. 
Pilbara was out today, yeah. and a lot of people love that lithium space. I haven't had time to read that report. I'm just going to be hands down honest. I was doing some I other saw, things. I saw in the, the numbers, room. but I just it, they were. All, it was one of those things where it was just kind of like the end of the day, and it was just, these are just more big numbers. But I, I think largely it was it was a reasonably positive result. Yeah, I think so. Um, talking about the continued high demand for lithium. That's that's the takeaway. That is the takeaway. Now there has been a little bit of um, you know pricing volatility when it comes to lithium, but what the other thing that sticks out about all these miners, and that included Rio Tinto after the Val, mm-hmm. they are warning about costs. They continue to warn about the impacts of COVID-19. I mean, Pilbara, just one takeaway, saying it expects uh, the impacts of COVID to continue through the September 2022 quarter. So there's lots that I'll be uh, having to catch up with. Yeah, when I get home or yeah. in the early morning <laughs> Did you catch hours? the bus today? It might be a good day to catch the bus, I think. <laughs> I love having my time on the bus to I do catch like up. it too. It's therapeutic. <laughs> but um, look, what sparked a lot of this optimism, clearly, mm-hmm. Kyle, was the performance on US markets after the FOMC hiked by 75 basis points. I get it. It wasn't 100 basis points. Um, but look, Jerome Powell it's not as if he wasn't hawkish. I mean, still talking about doing whatever 75, it takes. Yeah. 75 still on the table for September, but the market's kind of priced that out. Um, for Well, not priced it out, but shifted um, certainly in favour. Yeah. Well, so shifted certainly in favour of a 50 basis point move in September. So um, the markets are sort of seeing signs of this flexibility um, and this kind of reluctance to give guidance now is uh, pointing to a data dependency, which might suggest that they'll you know, shift slowly back towards focusing on the growth outlook, which is obviously diminishing. And not to obviously preempt the discussion potentially, but you know we've got GDP data out of the US tonight too. So that'll be a data point that I'm sure will feed into that story. You've got to um, think the, uh, the Fed has the GDP data in front of it. And they're saying not yeah. a recession yet. And well, they're saying th- uh, the thing, you can't have a recession when you've got a three in front of the jobless rate. Yeah, and and this is what this is something I only learned from Shane Oliver recently was that um, actually the the re- a recession in the United States is defined by sort of unofficially by the National Bureau of Economic uh, Research. NBER, yep. Yeah, um, and they don't obviously use the the you know technical recession as a definition of recession. They yeah. look at you know labor market indicators and all that. So it'll be an issue for another day. Um, but I think the markets were sort of hoping because they're still pricing in cuts next mm-hmm. year from from the Fed. Um, um, that again, there will be that greater flexibility and recognition that you know growth is growth is something to to take into consideration as well. It's an interesting um, point though because we do get jobless claims tonight as mm. well as we always do on a Thursday. And I had a conversation, I think it was yesterday, with Clifford Bennett from ACY Securities, who was saying, "Look at the jobless claims though; they're rising. Yeah, they continue to rise. Yeah. Um, but look, the Fed." It wants the jobless rate to return to pre-COVID levels. I mean, it's not a healthy job market when you can't find people to fill positions, mm. uh, yet you still have a three in front of the jobless rate. So look, uh, GDP coming through tonight, jobless claims coming through tonight in the US, data points will continue to be really, really important. But look, a lot of the focus as well, and I think where some of the enthusiasm came from too, is the fact that we've had these big tech names reporting. We saw, yeah, it was the day before in After Hours, but we saw Microsoft rising, yeah, uh, we saw Alphabet rising, mm-hmm. and then we had... Uh, you know, Facebook out. So the yep. first time we've seen quarter on quarter revenue declines. But I, I just have this feeling that people are thinking oh, it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. That's kind of the theme that we've sort of struck on, I think, the last few days. I think we spoke about it yesterday in the podcast was that, you know, this price action to what are objectively not great results is quite positive. And that just sort of speaks of the pessimism and bearishness in the market at the moment, which, you know, can be kind of a kind of a good signal for, for market sentiment going forward if things have, you know, really been priced in. But of course, you know, we do get a huge, huge, huge night of earnings tonight. Literally huge. You know, I think it's what, $5, $5 trillion worth of the uh, S&P 500's market cap reporting. 
uh, something of, of, along those lines with Apple and Amazon and, and I think a couple of others. So, um, you know, great way to round out the week. Oh, uh, yeah, really good. And, and with this local market up by more than a percentage point, and we'll take a big... It'll take a big, uh, big fizzle from these reports coming out tonight with Apple and Amazon. I don't, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But um, I answered my question that I had earlier on before pay, just to bring it back to here. Yep. It rose on that fourth quarter um, report. And, and yeah, I mean, there's just so much information from companies coming and we're not even in reporting season right. officially yet. <laughs> um, but to your point about Macquarie, it was out today. Uh, let's get a bit of a look-see as to how our expert guests were thinking about Macquarie today in the wake of that update coming through. It said it was going to take a conservative approach in the current macro environment at its AGM. Carl Capulinga and Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. For us, the, the, the rewards and risks are, fine, are balanced. Okay. So I have to then question if reward and risk is fairly balanced. We're not seeing that upside. Why would we be holding it? If we're not holders, we tend to be sellers to go find a, yeah. a better opportunity, something yeah. we've got high conviction on. So on that basis, and I know it's quality and, and I get it, but on that basis, I'm going to upset a few. I'm a sell. If only all companies reported like Macquarie, they tend to under-promise and then over-deliver. Yeah. Um, and continually pull a rabbit out of a hat, for, you know, the trading desk with the energy, uh, you know, moving all that gas and basically salvage their result. But they, they tend to consistently do that. It's not really just a one-off. So uh -huh. of all, you know, of all the investment banks globally, realistically, these guys have got, you know, half a century of, uh, you know, track record of, yeah. of, of, of over-delivering. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, everyone gets upset when, you know, it's the, only, it's the only thing in the world where people get upset that, that the market's on sale. Right. You know, this is one of these bargains that, you know, you, we, we so have as a is staple. It, is it a bargain? Yeah, absolutely. Moment? Yep. No, okay. we, look, we're, we're happy to accumulate. It's just one of those staples for our portfolio. So that was Carl Capulinga from Think Markets and Mark Gardner from Macro. If you would like to hear what else they had to say about Macquarie and 10 other companies, you'll have to listen to the full episode of The Call. There you go, Carl. There's my plug. Uh, mm -hmm. Look, it is pretty optimistic as we head toward the European Open here. Future contracts trading higher. Uh, all eyes on earnings. It's actually earnings season in Europe as well. Anglo-American has already flagged a 28% drop in first half earnings. We get to Shell. It reported a profit of $11.5 billion in the second quarter. So other key earnings we're still watching are Barclays, Nestle, Volkswagen, and Celnex. Hmm. All big names. All good information for the market to, to chew over. Yeah. Um, you know, any indication of where they view the macro environment as well is always so instructive. Um, any big thoughts on where we're sort of sitting here post-OFMC? No, no, not really. I mean, I just think it was just the drop in rates, the, the short end of the um, the yield curve, drop in the US dollar, drop in market expectations for the Fed. This kind of, I don't know, It's we, we were talking about it the other day, right? Um, we are used to these big rallies off the back of a Fed meeting that tend to fizzle shortly afterwards. And a couple of discussions that I've had today sort of point to the fact that yeah, the Fed's still hiking though. And one thing I spoke about Roger Montgomery about today, which... It keeps seemingly flying under the radar, especially in the financial media and the press conferences after these events is what's happening with the balance sheet. And sort of all of those mm. things um, mean that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the investors that we talk to, a lot of the advisors that we talk to suggest that maybe it's a little bit too soon to be too bullish on the market. You know, I mm -hmm. think it was even... Um, it might have been Shane Oliver the other day suggesting that maybe it's when they start cutting that you really do look at, you know, getting more heavily overweight to, oh, yeah. to, to equities. Um, 
But, you know, these bear market rallies um, uh, can sometimes be fruitful from a trading perspective. And on top of that, too, like we were saying before, you know, with some response, uh, the, the responses that we're seeing from investors from earnings, there does seem to be a desire to buy into this market for fundamental reasons. So, again, we'll see how it unfolds tonight. But, um, yeah, green shoots maybe, I don't know. Yeah, Andrew Whiteland, I spoke with him from DP Wealth Advisory. That's what his view was on getting back into the market. Wants to know when the interest rate hiking cycle has ended. And that goes for here mm. in Australia as well. He gave us, though, three international ETFs to remain defensive. He said, don't get complacent. That was also what Stephen Miller from GSFM mm. was telling me today. Don't get complacent. He reckons the market is too sanguine about what's going on in terms yeah. of inflation. He doesn't reckon it peaks. He didn't didn't necessarily say bond yields would hit 4% because when I pushed him, he said, I'm not saying we will, but he doesn't rule it out as a so possibility. He thinks yields will keep moving higher yeah. the long end. Yeah, yeah. Was, he, that like a, was that a balance sheet runoff thesis no, this or is inflation? Based on gonna... inflation momentum. Right. And he put a chart up on air. You can find that online. It is, uh, I can't remember what it's called, to be honest, but if you type in Stephen Miller into the search function on the site, it will come up. I think what I titled it was why the RBA is already in shock and awe. That's what I did because two conversations today, Martin Wetton from Commonwealth Bank and Stephen Miller, just talking about, yeah, good value, um, talking about the fact that when you consider how many more meetings the RBA has while the Fed meets, what, six to eight weeks um, apart, that if the RBA sticks to the cycle that markets are forecasting right now it's actually doing more yeah. than a lot of other central banks right so they both said no it's already doing shock and off it's right. in shock and off phase okay i digress there regardless um we had Becoming some great a conversation macro fiend as well <laughs> <laughs> god well just to get it back on track we've yep. got a couple um uh, interviews accessible via the show notes three sectors to keep an eye out for reporting season there you go vim steamers from al capital talks about places he would be interested and in companies importantly he's interested in investing in ahead of reporting season um kyle look big day tomorrow it's mm-hmm. a friday of course if we can sail through earnings season tonight i don't know maybe it's a positive week that would be pretty impressive when we started this week with so many risk events on the horizon. I mean, we're, we're getting to the end of it. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, I think they call that climbing the wall of worry. How's that? That is what they call it. There's a title for one of our interviews tomorrow. That, hey, somebody write that down out there. That's, that's the last I, I call. I came up with a thing. Unless I've just jinxed it totally. Um, yeah. Anyways, I hope you have a good night, Kyle. Yeah, you too. See you tomorrow. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.